Hey everybody, welcome into Roosters on Olentangy River Road. You see Jake Stoneburner here. He is already digging in. Mike Doss, he's hungry as well down there. That's Spencer Holbrook from Letterman Row. I am Austin Ward. This is Letterman Live, brought to you by our good friends at Roosters. This is a fun, casual conversation about the Buckeyes at a fun, casual joint. All right, the Buckeyes uh, are undefeated. They just won the Big Ten Championship, 34-21 over Wisconsin. They earned the two seed. They're heading to the Fiesta Bowl to play Clemson. Those are the relevant details. Now we can dive into them. Uh, <laughs> Sunday afternoon, uh, Ohio State, the number pops up. I don't know what they did to fall from number one. I know that LSU played quite well against a terrible Georgia team, but something changed. Uh, Stoney, what did you think about the, the number when it showed up on your screen? I was pretty surprised. Um, just they put us ahead of LSU when LSU was rolling. <laughs> we win. We have a quality win. We stay there, and then we beat the same team who's a top eight team, and then fall back. Yeah. I didn't get it. Yeah. They, um, I think the ra- I think just Clemson and LSU should have been flipped. To me, Clemson should have stayed number one until you lose a day. You're, yeah, you're a you're <laughs> a guy that. Until you lose, you stay. We won the national championship last year. We haven't lost. Why would they lose that number one seed? I I definitely think we should have been ranked a hell of, ahead of LSU, but I'm not part of that committee. So, <laughs> Doss, what did you think on Sunday at noon? Well, I mean, I'm optimistic at the same time, though I'm a realist. And as Stoney alluded to, I would still give Clemson a respect because they are the you know, reigning national champions. So, for them not to be at least two, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, their conference is down. And then, you know, but at the end of the day, they're still dominating. They went in the conference championship game, six, they're putting up 60 yeah. points. So it's one of those things. I'm, I, it really doesn't matter to me. I'm just happy that we're in. You know, the, this is the third time in the year we won the Big Ten. And, we, you know, this is our first time actually being in it. So <laughs> being Big Ten yeah, champions. So. I, I think there was a little bit of – Relief, even though they knew they were in, they were thirteen and zero. There was no way that the playoff committee couldn't take them this year. Right, but it's like I don't think I didn't get the sense yesterday at the Woody Spencer. You can tell me if, if uh, you read it any differently. They didn't seem that offended by it. They just wanted to be in there and play because they believe that they can beat anybody that's in the four team field. Maybe when it gets closer to the game, Ryan Day might use it as a motivational ploy. But I didn't think yesterday there was any of that. No, and I think yesterday they. I'm going to be honest. I think they wanted to play Clemson. I, I kind of think they want that challenge. You know, they've been hearing about Clemson since they lost. And I don't they, they don't want to play the 31 nothing card, but Ohio State as a brand has been hearing about that 31 nothing loss since it happened. The yeah. night that it happened on New Year's Eve 2016. Ever since then it's been like a troll move for Ohio State. I think it's I think it's going to be used as motivation the entire time. I know that you didn't see it yesterday just because it's kind of fresh in their minds. They're just ready to play football. They're excited to be in the playoff. But as it gets closer, I think you're going to hear the uh, motivation. You might not hear it, but they're going to definitely play it up, I think. Yeah. What's it going to be like in that locker room? I mean, there are fifth-year seniors on this team. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, you have some fifth-year guys who definitely remember that sour taste, remember the mundane locker room after that loss, the shock of being like, wow, we thought we were one of the elite teams in – the America and we just got embarrassed thirty one nothing. So at the same time I do like now that Coach Days and his role and you know you got new coaches. So it's gonna bring us different style of energy mm-hmm. that's gonna totally wipe that out and say, Hey, whoever was here, this is a new day. Obviously we're a new squad and this is they they gonna learn what Ohio State football is all about. I think it's kind of interesting, Sony, that I mean you guys obviously played at Ohio State and you don't want to play the the cupcake games. You've said that before. The, the noon game at Indiana is not going to get you going the same way as the game, obviously, or a playoff game or anything like that. 
So Spencer alluded to that. It's like I think Ohio State, this team, wants to prove itself against the best teams in the country. And Oklahoma, I'm sorry, no offense to you, but there are three elite teams. So I think they wanted to beat both Clemson and LSU because if you do that and look at the last five games against nothing but top 13 opponents and beat all five of those, we might be talking about one of the best Ohio State teams of all time. Let, let alone college football. Yeah, I, was say I mean, I'm going to say college team. football of all time. <laughs> you beat a, a Clemson team that has 28 wins in a row, okay? And they, I mean, so. You derail that. Know, you know, you know something about, about that, don't you, Doss? I know a little, know a little, little bit about that. Miami had a nice little streak going, and we weren't expected to win. So, where, where was that game at? In Tempe. Oh, how interesting! How interesting, right? <laughs> so, I, uh, to me, if they beat Clemson, they beat LSU, who will have the Heisman winner, the number one team. Find me a better resume of any football team ever that has done all of that, won all those games. And the playoff era, yeah. With a, not with the true playoff era, not a BCS. It wasn't, you know, voted in. It's yeah. like, look, okay, we got the best four teams that we think, and here we are, match it out, and we beat Clemson, and then go on to win a national championship. You, you got to put us up there. Easier said than done, though, right? It is. <laughs> oh, it's a lot of hard work. It's it, a lot of hard work over the next couple weeks. It. Yeah, um, I mean, Clemson. That's going to be it. That's yeah. the game. I, I, you can just go through it. It's like it's a couple weeks away, but Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, and Travis Etienne, and J.K. Dobbins, the running backs, and the secondary. Every position has NFL guys for both teams. Like th- I think that this uh, – you guys tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe the winner of this game in the Fiesta Bowl will win the national championship. I agree. I agree. I, 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 it kind of gives me, gives me that Alabama feel when we played them a, mm-hmm. few, a few years ago to actually win it when we went out and played Oregon. That same – like this is the national championship game, yeah. and then we'll go out and do what we have to do the next following game. However, I played LSU – in the Superdome and the National <laughs> Championship. Hostile yeah, that, environment. That is, that is so lucky. <laughs> for, I mean, like, come on. Like, the blessing. It always seems to work out that way for LSU. Right. That's like, what it says. How is that even fair? Yes, it, yeah, they, they that's got like us nice. going to Indianapolis to play National <laughs> right, Championship. Right. Or last week when it was about 95% Ohio State fans. And <laughs> I don't I don't remember hearing any Badgers for the entirety of that game. Well, well I didn't the first hear half, them, but I saw 10 people walking in. I saw 10 Badgers out of everything in my walk from the restaurant into the stadium. So I, I was knew the atmosphere was going to be Ohio State. is going to be exciting electric and um you know we kicked it off a little a little rocky there but eventually the tides turned as i stated as i stated last thursday i knew wisconsin's game plan was going to be come out throw it on first down try to make some plays challenge our guys uh you know jonathan taylor got off a little bit he you know he had a nice little average rushing day for his career mm-hmm. a buck 50 i think and some change so but our defense second half man you throw up a shutout and you scored 27 straight points Doss, Doss, you play defense. How does how really? does a guy get 140 some <laughs> rushing yards in the first half and have 14 in the second half? Like how how does that how does that switch just happen? I mean, it, it just turns on. You got guys. You got some couple breakdowns. If you watch the table, a lot of missed tackles. I mean, think about even that. That run right before the end of the half, right, by Taylor. He gets through the hole. Somebody slipped through an arm tackle. Then he stiffed arm Warner. And next thing you know, he's off to the races. So in a sense where that second half, they come out, they go, look, we're going to play basic football. Let's get back to basics. Let's get back to do what we do. We tackle well. We're assignment sound. And let's make plays when, we, when it's our time to make the play. And that's what you saw that second half. Guys just going back to basic, hey, hit a guy in his mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to play physical. We're going to be in our gaps. And you shut him down, 14 yards. We've got a lot more to talk about with that win over Wisconsin. We're going to take a quick break from our – get a word from our friends at Roosters, and we'll be right back.
All right, hey everybody, we're taking a quick break from talking about this matchup. To get into the specifics, we're heading out to the desert. Nicole Cox from Roosters. She's got, what, 12 winners? We have 12 grand prize Buckeye Bowl trip winners, and they are all just so excited. So we're taking 24 people out to the bowl game. It's, it, they've seen such a historic season already, and now you've got this matchup with Clemson, and we're going to try and hang out with those winners out there with you all and talk about this I know, this we're excited. I, I can't wait because this matchup's so exciting, and, and it's the holiday season, and, you know, just to be out there for everything is going to be such a fun week. It is. It's going to be such a fun week, and we're just so excited for the team. A huge congrats to Coach Day for winning <laughs> Coach of the Year. I mean, it is just – it's just very exciting, especially with his first year, you know, coaching the team. And um, we're just getting more and more excited for him. Big Ten champs, yeah. and now let's let's go out to the desert. All right, so those <laughs> those people have their, their plans to go out there to the desert. If you're going to be in Columbus, obviously come hang out. Yes. That Rooster is a fun, casual place. It'll be open for that game. It's going to be rocking in here. Yes, and holiday gift cards. Exactly. Remember? I was going to say, if you want to make that, you know, get a little extra bang for your buck, yes. how can it, they do that? Yes, they can come in, and for every $50 in gift cards you buy, um, you receive a $10 bonus buck. So it's for you, and um, it's a great gift. I mean, I've gotten them for all my kids' teachers, and it's, <laughs> it's the gift that I think a lot of people will enjoy. Exactly, so. and the food's mm -hmm. coming out for me right now, so it's a oh, good time wonderful. of year. All right, and December 28th, use those bonus bucks coming out here at Roosters for Ohio State and Clemson. Always. And then get ready for next year to win those bowl giveaway because Rooster never stops with that. Nicole, yes. thanks for having Thank us back. Thank you so much, guys. All right, back to the program. All right, guys, welcome back to Letterman Live. Stoney's still going, doing some work here on these wings. He's got the medium going this week. Uh, yeah. You came hungry, right? I came hungry. <laughs> it's hard to talk while looking at all this food, too. <laughs> Well, we'll have plenty of time to dig in. Yeah. You can do it during the show. I mean, Schlegel does it every single week, so oh, I know. there's nothing new there. Shout out to Schlegel. Attack and dominate. <laughs> Attack, Attack and dominate. <laughs> All right. So, Doss, you were uh, you hinted at this. You were texting me on Saturday night the uh, – Press box wireless in Indianapolis is absolutely terrible, so I kind of got them all at once and too late to really respond. But you were telling me it looked like it was in the first half. They were having some problems, having some breakdowns on defense, uh, and the first adversity really of the year. And as you said, you kind of expected that might happen in the rematch game. You said everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. And I wasn't. <laughs> I still thought the more, the more talented team would win over 60 minutes. Right. But uh, – you didn't. You didn't really seem that shaken up, even when it was fourteen. No, not not at all. I mean, football's four quarters, sixty minutes, and you could kind of tell there. Um, Coach Day was ready to put out all the stops when he caused a fake punt right. on his own twenty yard line, mm -hmm. and we actually started to turn that momentum a little bit. Got to the five yard line. Justin fumbles. Next, thing you know, it could have been easily a fourteen seven game. They we score. Then we thinking oh, fifty seconds left in the half. Let's run it. Let's, they're gonna run the clock out, and here they go. We get two missed tackles, and then they scored another touchdown. So uh, even on the touchdown for Crone, you know, it looks like Jordan Filler over red, and he opened up that gap. That was supposed to be his tackle. He probably would have made an 8, 10-yard game, but still make that tackle. Mm -hmm. But you can't let that that guy, he runs a 4-9. He should yeah. be running a 20-yard <laughs> touchdown yeah. on Ohio State's defense. Yeah, they caught him off guard on that one. Yeah. <laughs> and, Ty and Tyler Friday was there at defensive end. He crashed uh, on the back. Yep. And I think well, if it was Taylor in there, obviously you're going to – be more worried look. about right. Jonathan Taylor right. than Jack mm -hmm. Cohn running the ball, right. but you know, we talked about that with Zach Bourne on Buck IQ, Spencer. That it was just an out of character first half for this defense, and they needed. You were standing there, you know, with Berm right outside the locker room as they came in. They they knew that was out of character for them, and they knew they had to make some adjustments. I think they knew that that as long as they did what, like the exact opposite of what they were, <laughs> do, they knew what they did wrong. That's the thing. Like <laughs> yeah, 
it's not often that a team can identify a mistake in the moment and just fix it right away. But they identified what they were doing wrong, and it's not even like the scheme changed. It's just the, it's almost like the mindset changed. Because when they were walking to the locker room, they're saying, you know, that's just single man tackles. We're not rallying to the football. And then in the second half, they come out eleven hats to the football every time. Yeah. So it's not like they did anything differently. They did drop into some zone stuff that really helped uh, razzle. Yeah, you kind of alluded to it right before we started that you know you, our corners were playing man to man, and then the linebackers were dropping zone and make it tough for Crone to you know, get those windows. But I, I, I told you guys before, I think it's hard to play a team twice. And get up for it. it's the Big Ten championship. Yeah. Now don't get me wrong, but it's hard to play a team twice, and they schemed us up for the matchups. Mm-hmm. But I, as I stated before, our athletic on the edges, our corners, our DBs were better than our receivers play for play, and they did make some big plays. They made some catches, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, I said for four quarters, I can't see Wisconsin dominating our our, our backfield. One they, thing, they would have to play out of their minds, yeah. for four quarters. They had played a great first half, but I think. We all knew that couldn't last for four quarters. Yeah, it did. Hats off to them because right. that, that was a game that's, of the life for them. Yeah. That's always been the challenge playing Ohio State. You know exactly how good they are, and if you slip up even once in the span of four quarters, you're, you're going to lose. That's mm-hmm. just going to happen. I, I think what's what's impressive to me about this version of the Ohio State team and the, the mindset is they'd been down. They played bad halves. They played a bad half against Iowa. They played a bad half against Purdue, and they went into the locker room. And never really came back out. They seemed to be really down about it. Spencer and Burham were both on the, down there outside that locker room. They took video of it. They sent it to me like, maybe people would be interested in this. And I watched it. And they just kind of, there were odd comments. There were a couple F-bombs. But they walked in pretty quiet. They still looked as focused as they did before. And nobody was pointing fingers or blame. It was pretty quiet. It was a business-like approach. Like, hey, these things were wrong. And they're going to get corrected. But there wasn't back and forth between the offense defense there wasn't a bunch of yelling nobody pushed another right. guy and sometimes right. you have that in right. locker rooms that's right? the head I mean, coach i mean that's right. that's how ryan day carries himself all the confidence in the world they right. do hey we got to come in and there might need to be some speeches like hey let's, let's pick yeah. it up there's we're lacking energy but we don't need to come in and start flipping trash cans because we know if we go out and execute, we're going to win this game. And I think Coach Day, the way he's like that on the sideline with his players, his players react that same way. And that's that's a hell of a way to play a football game. That's why they were able to come up. And when you have a quarterback that is very stone-faced on the sideline no matter what happens, when you have a head coach <laughs> that is stone-faced and just kind of lives in the moment there, and when yep. you have defensive leaders like Jordan Fuller who's always level-headed – that stuff rubs off on everybody. When the captains are like that and the head coach is like that, you know your team chemistry and your team mindset's going to be the same no matter what happens. To me, yeah. the defense in the second half, their energy was was contagious across the whole team. Once they started making plays, making hits, stopping Jonathan Taylor with for one yard gains, you could just see it. The tide was turning. They were like, All right, it's we're back. We need to we're gonna pound these guys. It's our game. Yeah, and, and, and take it back even to our offense. I mean, when have you seen our offense in the first half? Go for two fourth downs and don't convert. You know what I mean? It's like we're in no man's land. Do we punt it? Do we try a field goal here? And we go for, you know, fourth and two, fourth and one, and we don't convert. So, I mean, it's like, again, Wisconsin is stirred. You know, the pot was stirred up just right. But at the end of the day, you couldn't keep adding more. They did what they did, and they did did it well for two quarters. And eventually we turned it around, and our guys go, look. What are we going to do? We're going to finish out this game when you want to play. Do we want to? <laughs> it, made, it made it very simple. Coach came out, kept the same intensity, play calling, got it more aggressive, got us some one on ones, 
You know, I, I still would have loved to see Alave go, you know, three times, like once a quarter, let him go mm-hmm. for a, a bomb. But at the end of the day, Justin tightened up. And you got to remember, he's playing injured. Akuda yep. was out. We lost Akuda for the first half, basically. You know, semi-thumb, concussion, whatever you want to call it. But then he comes back in the second half, and our defense is kind of like, all right, we got all our guys back. Let's make yep. plays. But I, what have we been, 15 minutes and – and Sony hasn't pointed to who sparked the comeback. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> come on. What, now, yeah. What's happening here? Well, I, <laughs> from my perspective, the offense was going to do its thing. The defense was the one that was holding them back. I mean, the, the whole team was holding them back in the first half. But, yeah, one-handed catch to the Big Ten. Well, and, the, and Drew Christman's getting all this love for throwing it, but right. you got Luke Farrell on the other end of the catch there. Yeah. There was actually pretty decent coverage on that. I think yeah, it actually Drew Christman was. gets credit for that yes. a good ball. That, that was, was a great Luke throw. Farrell, Luke Farrell makes that catch. That sparks it. And then, I mean, you and I have talked about Jeremy Ruckert mm-hmm. since, uh, you know, we started this company in last summer. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, he was. And he was open on the, the initial cross. That's And Justin just wanted to make it harder. He said, hey, go make a big play. <laughs> hey, go make, let's get us really fired up. <laughs> no, it, I mean, that's what we've been waiting for, right? Since yeah. we signed him, since the number one recruit, tight end recruit. Yeah. That's why they signed him. Um, hopefully that can pick up some momentum. I mean, I think all the tight ends are playing pretty well. They have a great group base, but obviously he's the playmaker. I, I think what's getting him going is I, I noticed in the locker room and I was asking him about the play. So oh, Ryan Day drew it up last week and they repped it Tuesday and Wednesday. He's like, you know, we ran it a bunch, so I, I didn't do anything. I said, well, I can tell what it is. You've, you're growing that stony beard. <laughs> you're starting to look like a tight end. You're not that pretty boy anymore. Right, right, right. All clean cut. <laughs> starting to get a little nitty gritty out there. And he's throwing blocks, man. He. I, 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 we've been meaning to have you in. We're going to hook up at some point for a oh. Buck IQ to talk about the tight ends. And I know it's cliche. I know that you guys have had to talk about this over and over that the blocking is what's important. But it's not like Jeremy Ruckert is not playing 40, 50 snaps because he is out there blocking. He's got that part of it. And last year, that was kind of what mm-hmm. held him back. He and Farrell are out there and are a huge part of what's going on here. Oh, I mean, oh. you look at the 49ers. The reason exactly. why they're so good at running the football, they're tight ends. Tight end. Look, I mean, obviously our O line is phenomenal, but we have great blocking tight ends too. That allows J.K. to get the edge on a lot of it. It helps Justin out as well. It's, I mean, they're proven to be a real integral part of our offense as a whole, not just as blockers. Or now they're starting to catch a little. Bit. <laughs> Some fun plays from the tight end. Room. So we, it's almost like the tight ends. They lull you to sleep so much. <laughs> they block for 10 straight plays. And on the 11th play, Jeremy Ruckert's catching a third and seven to extend a drive against Michigan. Yep. That, they, yep. they block so much for J.K. J.K. gets that 100-yard mark, and then all of a sudden, Ruckert's streaming down the middle of the field for a touchdown. It's almost like you get so bored by seeing those tight ends block that you completely forget about well, it. You get so bored because you have every player around you. could be a first-round pick, uh, some are Heisman contenders. Yes. A tight end is <laughs> going to get lost yes. in that, which is a good thing for us because we have – very good tight ends that get can make incredible one-handed catches that we don't even really use. So that just adds another, <laughs> another dynamic to our offense that a team looking at us be like, where is their weakness? Right. And they get lost, which is a good thing, I think, because we saw it. And, and I and think they'll they'll that is a big matchup coming up in Arizona. Yeah. Though our tight ends are better than Clemson's linebackers. Yep. Athletically, so I could see that being a, a point of emphasis. Preparing, leading into that game, like, hey, where's our matchups going to be? We'll have some one-on-ones with our tight ends. It's pretty crazy because, as Stoney's saying there, with Jeremy Ruckert's recruiting credentials, and, and we've seen what Luke Farrell has become. I mean, those are some of the best tight ends 
multiple tight ends that you're going to find anywhere in the country. Some mm -hmm. individually are better. Fryermuth at Penn State is a fantastic tight end. I'm not knocking him, but if yeah. you're putting those two guys, and then what you can do with Rashad Berry, Jake Houseman's been a great blocking guy. He's he's also scored a touchdown this year, but you know, they have four guys that they are not afraid to use. Uh, mm -hmm. There are not many teams that are, are anywhere near that at tight end. Can't underestimate how important that is. You know, <laughs> I'm just one. trying to put it on the team. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I, like, I love it. it the tight end is so integral to that offense. They don't get the love. Well, now that I mean, they're making a little bit of plays, people don't realize how important they are making that thing click. Obviously, the quarterback and the running back. Ask Tom Brady how important they are. <laughs> well, look at their team now. Yeah, exactly. You know? Ask if Tom you Brady. have that. The loss of Gronkowski is, is hurting their season right now. But, you know, we're barking up a tree that's been there for <laughs> 10, 15 years. I, 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 I just like to give you your chance to make a plea for that. We're going to take another quick break. These guys are going to eat some more roosters. We'll be right back. Hey, college football fans, it's Zach Bourne here. You need to check out BetDSI.com. BetDSI is a great way to use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash. That's right. BetDSI is the top-rated online sports book. They've been paying winners for over 20 years. The reason they've been around that long is because they have got the fastest payouts in the industry. Plus, the user interface and mobile site is the best in the business. Play, win, and get paid. It's that simple. It doesn't matter if it's college football, the NFL, NBA, NHL, UFC, eSports, reality TV, virtually anything. You can bet it. You can bet on it at betdsi.com and get paid right now. There's no better way to add some excitement to games that you already are watching. Check out their live betting where you can bet on games throughout the entire matchup, every play, and every minute until the end. BetDSI has a special deal for Letterman Row fans. Use the promo code ROW100 to get a 100% bonus match. That's more than double. That's right, more than double your money to start winning today. Once again, go to BetDSI.com and use promo code ROW100 and get this limited 100% bonus offer to make some extra cash on the sports you know and love. BetDSI promo code ROW100. Now back to the show. All right, welcome back in. These guys are picking through everything this week. As I said, they came hungry in this fun casual joint. Uh, is a great place to get your fill. They've got everything you need. And now he's got Stoney's got the garlic there. We're going to give him a couple seconds to regroup. Guys, this week, an interesting week. Uh, Spencer, I'll start with you because you threw this theory at me this morning. I'll be heading to New York, I'm sure, even though the official invitations are not out. Justin Fields, he's going to be there. I've been thinking all along that Chase Young will be a finalist as well. You're not as sure at this moment uh, about Chase Young's getting an opportunity to head up there to New York. Well, Chase Young made a big statement against Penn State, right? And then when everybody saw what happened against Michigan, he got double team, triple team, chipped, cut, yep. whatever, and held, held a lot. Yeah. And then he got held again, and there was a play that we broke down earlier that was a triple team on Chase Young. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know if he'll get the recognition he deserves because I do think he deserves a trip to New York. I just have this weird feeling that. There's going to be a lot of voters that go Burrow 1, Fields 2, and then they're going to be split on J.K. and Chase, and that's going to allow Jalen Hurts to be that third member in the, at the Heisman Trophy ceremony. I just think they're, they're not going to send three Buckeyes to, to no. New York. That's not going to happen. That's definitely not. For the so, parity of college sports, they just won't I, let that happen. That'd be hilarious. Think, so. That I would be cool. Too, that would be so great. That, you definitely have a segment on that. I just, <laughs> I just sure. think, too – Two guys from the same team that aren't named Justin Fields are going to right. split the votes. That's true. And that, that's going to allow Jalen Hurts to have just a couple more points than them because I know yeah. they do it on like a point system. I still, I still just don't think that people are – like. I don't think they would choose J.K. over Chase Young. 
because these same idiot voters that made Jonathan Taylor the Big Ten running back of the year aren't voting for J.K. Dobbins anyway. That's true. I think Jonathan Taylor is more likely to chip away. They're going to split votes between Dobbins and Taylor, which might help Chase Young. I mean, no theory. We're not going to know for sure until Saturday night anyway. But My conspiracy theory, I mean, you got to think. Years ago, it always sometimes it was five finalists. Then it's four finalists. Now they've kind of had just three Mm -hmm. the last couple years. They could easily, for the hype, for just the the talk (laughs) of it, bring Chase in as the fourth guy just to have that immediate attention around it. Like yeah. it hasn't been a defensive player nominated, you know, for this for this for this opportunity in years. I just think to it, bring that yeah. in. I know? think if he's fourth, I think they'll take him for exactly the right. reason that yep. you're saying. Because yeah. in the end, Joey Burrows, what is that? Yeah, now, Joey, there's yes, no question. Yes, and, and, and Troy might be worried. His record could be in jeopardy. He was the he's the number one most landslide yep. winner. Right. I don't know how you don't vote for Joe Burrow. I, right. I think that Fields and Young I've, would you see uh, Jalen Hurts' stats compared to Baker's and Kyler Murray's? They're better all across the board and on their Heisman winning yes, seasons. seasons. And he won't Just, win. And he won't. He'll probably finish third, if right. not fourth, mm-hmm. all because. Well, who knows what people think of between Fields and, and Burroughs. But I, you know, Hurts is weird to me because every time I've watched them in a big game, he has killed Oklahoma with bad turnovers. Yeah, and they lost the game, and then for a long time. You know, we we've been talking about the playoff and and they're not one, Oklahoma not being one of those three elite teams that I name. People kind of just like stop thinking about Oklahoma like they're out. Their yeah. loss was so bad. And it's like I, you know I haven't paid attention to Hurts for the last four Couple weeks. weeks. Yeah, it didn't really matter to me. I mean he's, he he brought them back in the, in that one in the Kansas that was a Kansas game or Kansas State game. They were down. Yeah. He ended up bringing them back. He had a huge game. But again, the business of the NCAA, you got Jalen Hurts in the Final Four college football playoff. Right. You got Justin Fields, college football playoff. You got Joe Burrows, college football playoffs, who's going to be the winner. And then you may add that wrinkle in, Chase Young, and say, hey, we're going to bring in a defensive guy for the media hype. I mean, it is what it is. They might as well just send Trevor Lawrence up there, too, so he can I mean, talk. I right. had a little media, media day up yeah, there. Yeah, potentially, <laughs> for sure. Talk about a guy who's not really talked about a whole lot. Who's and Their conference is down. <laughs> Again, it, you know, undefeated. The conference is down. They're trying to downplay mm-hmm. him. As that, that will has a gripe. I, I mean, I, I like hearing his gripe. Some, some of the things he says, he's a little wild and quirky, like, yeah. I'll retire if they start paying players. I mean, you're making $10 million right, well, a year. Well, that's, making, that's about you, to happen, Dad, though. Yeah, so right, right. right. <laughs> you're going to walk away, get out of here. But at the end of the day, you know, it's 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 going to be a good week. We all know Joe is, is the guy. I think we need to talk about is three transfer quarterbacks mm. in the college football playoffs. Mm. How about that? It's uh, – I think it was – Spencer, who, who made this point? Ari Wasserman, give him some credit for this, that you looked at having Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields in the playoff and not Alabama and not Georgia. Hey, college football has changed, and you people can say whether they think that's good or bad for the game, but, I mean, shoot, Ohio State fans. If we don't have the year we have, and we're sitting there like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> would love to have nine on our yeah. point, you know? Cause, mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the thing, like, the powerhouse programs are always going to be the most attractive to those quarterbacks, and guys want to play. I don't think 13-0 is happening. Uh, I, I believe Matthew Baldwin would have beat out Tate Martell, but if you put either of those guys at quarterback for this team, I'm not sure we're talking about 13-0. Justin Fields, his arrival was special, and even injured, you saw that on Saturday night. What he's done, uh, he, you can tell he can't really move laterally the way that he wants to, and he hated that knee brace. Spencer was watching him. down. On, we had Spencer go to watch from the sideline. And just kind of track fields the whole game. He's so he adjusting can, it. Yeah, he's so he can weigh it, in. Like yeah. he hated it. He mm-hmm. hated wearing that thing. Oh, he's grabbing yeah. it. He's he's tweaking it. Wisconsin dove at his leg on the first. I think yep. on the first drive, his first sack. He went down, 
because they had him by the ankles and he sat on the ground for just a second and tweaked it and then went to the bench and immediately started tweaking it. He hated that thing. Mm -hmm. And if he has to wear it against Clemson, I don't think he will. I think they're going to do a good enough job in the training room yep. to get him ready. Time, yeah, yep. he's got three weeks. I think he's got 20 days as of Monday. Uh, I don't think he'll be wearing it because it really bothered him. And even when he was he was passing and he was upright, immediately when he let go of the ball, he didn't even see where it would go. He's tugging at it for a second <laughs> and then getting down the field. So it definitely had an impact. I'm not going to say it didn't. And, and to see him throw for 299 yards and three touchdowns and not turn the ball over through the air on a bad knee, uh, I don't even I don't even know how to describe him. Anymore. He's the most appreciated but most slept on quarterback I've ever seen. Oh if I could gosh. have my quarterback go for 13 games through one interception, that's I mean that's like his interception. Of. Yeah. His interception was the most out of character throw. <laughs> I went back and was watching it the other day just because I was wondering what it looked like and what he saw. I was trying to think. It's the most out of character throw I've ever seen he, him make. He hasn't made another throw like that all no. year. If, not even one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Zone Joey Burrow. He throws it, right <laughs> not, throw the, he, he throws it back across yeah. the field. It yeah. was a pre-caught play. That was his first read, and he just lofty like, oh, he's there. He just throws the ball. Well, and people, people give him, a, you know, Stoney, to your point, uh, so, sometimes a, a hard, a bad rap for the sacks. But he's, he's doing it to avoid throwing 50-50 balls or into coverage. You he, always he, hear it on announcers on Sundays. Throw the ball away. It's better than a sack. Right. You hear it all day long, and that's. I mean, as a on Sundays. Play in, uh, on, on Sundays. Sundays. Well, college is a different story. I mean, you you can overcome some of those. I mean, you you actually have a better opportunity to overcome it. On the, but NFL Sundays, you lose six seven yards in a sack. It it kills you. Mm. Second and seventeen. Second and sixteen. Yeah, we're you know, yeah, third and seventeen. Right. It's like it kills. You. College is kind of like. We, you still have enough of a discrepancy in talent-wise where a guy can make one guy miss and, you know, pick it up. Like K.J. Hill. No, I mean, the third down the for uh, yep. Victor. He third, made third three guys. Yeah, yeah he, third and he made three guys miss. That's not happening on Sunday. <laughs> okay, he might catch it, make the first guy miss, and then he's on the ground by the 12-yard game. That's why I'm cool but, with this. I mean, the sacks aren't ideal. <laughs> right. But you'd rather have the sack than him trying to and force or turn it over. And second sacks. Yes. They're not – Three second sacks, right? Like Chase Young has, right? Or not two second sacks, right. like Jashon Cornell has. Yeah. There's six and seven second sacks where nothing is open. Guys right. are trying to that, get open, and he's kind of moving. He's trying to f see something downfield, and he's like, "Oh, they got me." So yeah. it's not it's not that blindside blitz dude. He just standing there and poof, gets You're taken right. out. You know, so I mean, he's had a hell of a season, like a hell of a season stat wise. And it just, I mean, you got three undefeated teams in the country. You got Joe Burrows doing something in the SEC that's never been done. Yeah. And he's an Ohio kid. Again, like I said, the transfer, I think a lot of kid, more kids are going to start transferring like, hey, I'm going to graduate early. If I can't play here, I'm going to go somewhere else because you can see your success. I don't care where he's finished his career. I'm still counting Joe Burrow as another Ohio State representative at this time. Oh, I, I call him <laughs> Joe Buckeye. <laughs> <laughs> and and Ohio State fans, they probably get to cheer for him one more time. I'll, maybe they'll stop if they don't want to face him in New Orleans. I don't right, know. right. Stoney's already dreaming about that matchup anyway. So. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> I, 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 and, and I'm thinking for Joey. That would, I mean, that. That'd can you imagine? Can I you can. imagine? I mean, and that's part of the. Yeah. I think the ranking too was to go. Hey, let's drop Ohio State to two. They take on there was some the, there could be know, some political. Yeah, there's definitely things. some political underlining. They take on a defending national champion, like Ohio State overcomes Clemson as defending national champion, and you make it to the national championship yeah. against LSU. Joe Burrows. That's a, that's the story 
for my, two weeks. My conspiracy theory was that they would cover their tracks by leaving Ohio State at number one, but still sending them to Phoenix okay. to play Oklahoma, and then they would have that regional matchup in Atlanta, sell the place out, go crazy right. for LSU Clemson, and then you, nobody could have argued with it, I don't think, because I, I, I think they made a huge mistake uh, that you can't justify their late flip, no. and un- unless you are continuing to believe that Georgia is good, which they left them at five, which is absolutely insane and stupid. I and hope they play. Who, do they? Who does Georgia play? Do we know? In the, Baylor. Yeah. They play Baylor. So, oh my gosh! Okay. Let them uh, play Wisconsin. Right. I yeah. think if they played on Saturday night, that or Wisconsin State. team. Yeah. The same thing would have happened. Wisconsin right. would have beat Georgia just as bad as yeah. LSU did. They, yeah. Uh, the committee to me, I'm cool with the decision. It is what Ohio State or LSU won. Or it's. You're pulling They're hairs, both like good. They I'm not, yeah. yeah. It's just a flip flopping. So each week you don't know if just because. Because a team beat the fourth best team, and we beat about, the yeah. eighth, we have to fall back. And now, I mean, it's all about rankings, man. It's about rankings and the hype. It's the build up of the story. And, and I, I get if Chase Young's not in New York, they didn't want the story of a defensive guy being there because he he's clearly the best defensive player in the country. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you just say we just wanted all quarterbacks. We, you know, we go back to the traditional way. I, I just I thought it was ridiculous. People were looking back like well, they had two versus three. And that's when LSU moved up, back up to number one. Well, when you when you put a playoff field together, you think that the number one seed is the best team, right? You don't like flip the seeds around <laughs> if the two beats the three in the next round. It's then one versus two. Like, I don't. It just doesn't. Their logic doesn't. Follow. Especially after the flip, we played three ranked te- top ten teams. Yeah, mm-hmm. a team we had already beaten, which makes it to me even more respectable that we beat a top ten team. And so, then they flip us back. Uh, score 27 straight. For more on Austin's take, watch yesterday's video. <laughs> I, I have, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't need to get going here because it's time for me to eat some roosters. It's been a special season, fun season. Yeah. Can't wait to cover more and get down to Phoenix. Uh, we'll be back here at Roosters next week anyway for another Letterman Live before we hit the road and after I get back from New York for the Heisman Trophy coverage uh, that we'll have at LettermanRoad.com. That's been Spencer Holbrook. You guys know him, Mike Doss, Jake Stoneburner. Appreciate him hanging out with us at Roosters for Letterman Live. It's been our coverage of uh, the Big Ten champions for this week, and we'll be right back here next week to get a di- dive in even more uh, to the food and the clubs and matchup. We'll see you Shout then. out to Slags. Attack and dominate. <laughs> <laughs>